You are listening to the Sojourn Church Podcast. If you have any questions or would like to view a video version of this message, please visit our website, sojournchurch.org. Now, over the last few weeks, as you can tell from our backdrop, we're talking about making a difference. And do you understand we were created to make a difference? We're supposed to be light and salt. We, we don't have to go really do anything. We just, we just are. So you've got to embrace that because God created us to make a difference. Now, what we're wanting to talk about is how can we do a better job of that? How can we cooperate with God to really be able to make a difference in a more effective way? And so Pastor Chris talked about the various things. Last week, he talked about the difference maker, the Holy Spirit, shared his testimony about how the Holy Spirit came into his life and changed his life. Well, I want to continue that today because it's exactly the same thing in my life. I've shared my testimony many times. I know some of you probably go, I've heard that. But the truth is, is that it's my story. I don't have another story. You know, I've got my story. Uh, You've got your story. But the reality was, is that I grew up in church, attending church all my life. My, My parents went to church, went to church in college. Susan and I were dating in college. We, we attended church in college. After we got married, we attended church. But I just, there was no victory in my life. There was no freedom in my life. There was, you know, but I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to do. And trying to read my Bible, trying to pray, going to church, going to prayer meetings, going to various Bible studies. But the reality was, and if somebody had asked me, and said, are you free? I'd say, yeah, I'm free. And just absolutely in bondage sitting in church every Sunday. And that's how how many times we all are. We don't even realize that there is freedom for us. Went to a James Robinson meeting in in 1982 in August and literally got set free. And I got filled with the spirit, which I'd never even heard of. I got delivered of a demonic spirit, which I'd never heard of. The revelation of the love of the Father just dropped into me. Nobody prayed for that. And the Word of God just came alive. It changed my life forever, and I've never been the same. So even when we started the church with no intent of trying to go do something for God, we were just wanting to do the same thing, help people discover the reality of who Christ is, the power of the Spirit, and what Jesus has already paid for. And that's really what we wanted to do. We just want to help everybody do that. But it was really that receiving of the Spirit that really changed everything in our life. And so what I want to talk about today is that how do we really make a difference? How do we make a difference? And let me just tell you right off, it's by looking like Jesus. You realize that you're maybe the only Jesus that some people ever see. And if Christ lives in you, which we've been reading, if if you're reading along, it's in Colossians 1, that Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we're... If we just let Christ shine through us, it's not that you have to go do some elaborate stuff. You just just let the power of the Spirit work in your life, and um, we we can make a difference. Turn, if you will, to Matthew chapter nine, and I want to I want to walk through something this morning that I really believe is so important for us. Matthew chapter nine. Pastor Chris has shared this just a week or so ago. Beginning in verse 35, it said, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, let me just make a comment there. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. 
The gospel of the kingdom is not the gospel of salvation. The gospel of the kingdom is that the king has a dominion. That king's name is Jesus, and he has come, and his rule and reign is here now. And he demonstrated it everywhere that he went. But he taught about the kingdom. He talked about the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. And we're told, told to pray that way. Verse 36. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. He said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, I want to make a comment, and I want to try to, I want to, try to back it up. I believe that the key to seeing the power of God released in our lives and to the people around us is having compassion. And I don't, I'm not talking about human compassion. I'm talking about kind of compassion that Jesus had. When Jesus looked at the crowds, when he looked at the people, he didn't see them in color, black and white or brown. He didn't see gender. He didn't see all the various educations or, or anything like that. He saw them as his creation, weary and lost. I want to tell you something. If he were here today, he'd see the same thing. And what I want to pray for today is that God would give us his heart of compassion for people. That we wouldn't see people as we see them in the natural, but we'd see them as he created them. And if he were here, I think we, if the same heart of compassion would be that, listen, there's a lot of lost people that are weary and scattered that are his, that are his sheep. They don't know him or they may not know the fullness of what he is, but that's if God gives us his heart of compassion for people, see, he would say the same thing too. The harvest is not the problem, guys. The fields are ripened to harvest. The problem is with laborers. That's us. Say, that's me. That's me. I'm supposed to be one of those. See, the problem is not that. Now, look at, I'm going to follow through here. I'm, I'm, I've taken this somewhere. Chapter 10, he sends out, his disciples, and then in verse 7, this is what he told them to do. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Now, that last little statement is something that's so important for us because you cannot give away what you don't have. If you don't have the compassion of the Lord for people, you can't, you can't muster it up. You can't work it up. It's just not going to happen. So what, ha what we have to do is we got to freely receive. We got to learn how to freely receive. So hang in here with me. I'm going to move us here. I believe that compassion is the key to really seeing the power of God and seeing lives changed. It's his compassion now, not again, human mercy. It's our, not, our hum not in our humanity. It's in his godliness. The only way we're going to get his compassion is that we have to receive his love. Okay, do you follow me? I cannot give away what I don't have. I cannot give away God's love if I haven't received God's love. I mean, I, my love is no good. It's so limited. It's limited to based on how people are, are treating me and how I like things and all that kind of stuff. Not talking about that. I'm talking about God love. Turn, if you will, to 1 John 
chapter 2. And I realize we have all these scriptures on the screen, but I want to look at this just briefly because I, what I want us to do is be a people that are so filled with his love, that we are filled with his compassion so that we can truly love the people around us. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I mean, these are profound statements. I mean, really, I, I, we just stop right there and just go, listen, God is love. He is. If, you do, if we don't love, we've got a problem with our connection with God. <clears throat> uh, I wasn't sure if y'all were still there. Maybe I'd, I'd lost you somewhere. I'm trying to take this very slow here. Okay. But he says that, look, God is love. Okay, now this, he defines it. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Wow, that amazing? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What true love is, see, is, is sacrifice. What true love is, is, is giving away what you, you know, everything. That's what true love is. It's not an emotion, not a feeling, not what we call love. Most of the time, what we're defining things. No, love is laying your life down. And that's what Jesus did. Verse 11 says, Beloved, if we so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Verse 12 says, No one has ever seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, that we, he in us, because he has given to us his spirit. Now, I'm not going to continue reading because the whole passage is phenomenal. It basically says that perfect love casts out fear. So if we still are having fear, we've not been made perfect in, in his love. So what the enemy is doing right now is he's trying to release fear constantly over all of us. What's going to happen with COVID-19? What's going to happen with the election? What's going to happen with your job? What's going to happen with this and this and this? It's always there. Would Jesus say, in the world, you're going to have tribulation? Uh, it wasn't a good suggestion. He was just saying facts. As in this world has fallen, this place has got problems. The only place there's peace is in him. So what we've got to recognize is that when fear is trying to grip, when fear is trying to get on us, we've got to realize that, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute. Uh-uh. Perfect love casts out fear. And my father is perfect in his love. He is love. He's not sort of love. He doesn't wake up moody. He is love. Okay? He is perfect. Now, here's, here's what I want, to, I want to point out here. God is love. Okay? Now look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So here's my point. Father is love. He is love. That's his very nature, his love. It's his character. But it's not just a theoretical something for us to understand in our intellect. He demonstrated his love through Jesus going to the cross and dying for us. So the demonstration, you want to see what love looks like? You look at Jesus. He's the exact image of the invisible God in Colossians 1. I mean, so if you want to see what love looks like, it's 
looking like Jesus going to the cross and dying for us. It's sacrifice. So that's what he's called us to do. We want, you want to love? You want to know his love? That's what he's calling us to do, is to die and sacrifice and love and giving ourselves away. Even though Jesus demonstrated it to us, look at, chapter, uh, look at verse 5. I'm breaking in here. I realize I'm, I'm making a, trying to make a point here. Chapter 5, Romans, verse 5. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Now, here's my point. The Father is love. He is love. He is the originator of love. He is love. But he's not just a theoretical, intellectual deal. It's a practical love that Jesus lived out, walked out, demonstrated by going to the cross and dying for us. It's not, not some, wow, that, that's what love looks like. But we can know we can know that love and we can see that cross, but it's the Holy Spirit that makes it real in our lives. See, he is the spirit of adoption. Romans 8, 15 says, God didn't give you a spirit of bondage again and of fear, but he's given to you the spirit of adoption of whom we cry, Abba. So the reality of this is that if we're going to walk in his love, you've got to embrace the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that causes it to become real in our lives. So again, I can know it intellectually. I can know it, I, well, I see Jesus, I see the cross, I understand what he did for me. But to live it experientially, it's the Spirit that brings it and causes it real in our life. Let me uh, continue to show you. Look at uh, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 3. In Luke chapter 3, we have Jesus going to be water baptized. And I love this passage because when you think about it, Jesus did uh, everything in the Bible here. It's been given to us so that he shows us what to do, how to live. Verse 21 of Luke chapter 3. See, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and you I'm well pleased. Now, we'll make a number of points here, and I'll do this when we, we do free indeed, but Jesus didn't need to be born again. He was born of the Spirit. Um, he didn't need to repent and, and be born again. We do. Uh, we're born in sin. There is, and if the Word says we're hopelessly lost. There is no way to the Father except through the Son, and we have to have that mediator uh, of salvation. There, or there's no way we can make ourselves right before God. Well, Jesus comes to be water baptized. Water baptism doesn't save you, but it is, we're told to, to be water baptized. If we understand what water baptism is, it's powerful because it's an identification into the death and burial and the cutting off the dying of the old man, the good news is, is that he was raised to walk in newness of life, and we get to also. But the point is, is that baptism is important. It doesn't save us, but it's something that we're supposed to do. So if you've never been baptized, we, you need to let us know so we can ar arrange you to be baptized. But the reality is Jesus, when the other account, when he comes, John the Baptist says, whoa, wait a minute, you need to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, so the scripture can be fulfilled. You need to baptize me. So he submitted to baptism. He comes up out of the water, and he was immersed, by the way. And he came up out of the water, 
and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form, came upon him. Again, what's that about? Well, that's the empowering of the Spirit. He, he, Jesus already had the Spirit, but the empowering of the Spirit, Luke uses that term throughout that and Acts, the Holy Spirit coming upon him. It's going to be being baptized or being filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit came upon him, and then the Father speaks and says, you are my beloved Son, and you I'm well pleased. I mean, when I saw this the very first time, I realized that's what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. And again, if, you, if you've come from a Pentecostal background or, or uh, any background like that, well, people will say if you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and evidence of speaking in other tongues. Well, the reality is, is that you get to, but what happened to Jesus happened to me. I got a revelation of his love. Nobody prayed for me to do that. Nobody said, now you need to get prayed for so you can receive his love. No, it just happened. It just all of a sudden I got, wow, I got a revelation. God loves me personally. And that's what God wants to do to every one of us. You, he wants you to know that he loves you, that he's he loves the world. Yes, he loves you personally. His love will change your life. His love. And how do you receive it? By the power of the Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that makes it real and makes it personal in our lives. And that's what really happened to me. I, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So, you want to make a difference? Do you? Yeah, I think everybody said, you have this God-given thing. If you're a child of God, you want to make a difference. You want to make, you want to make a difference. How do you make a difference? Well, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Ephesians chapter 5. And I... We've talked about all of this before, but it's so important. This is not, uh, it's not a sideline issue. It's a major issue. If we're going to have the heart of God, if we're going to have compassion for people, you realize that when Jesus walked on the earth, you realize that people were attracted to him. Why were they attracted? Why were sinners attracted to him? It's pure love. Yeah, that pure compassion and love. It was, it was literally in a bodily form. And it was walking around and people were just going, oh my gosh, I've got a, what is that? That's what God wants to do in us. Amen. So that when we're, wherever we are, you know, it's not about what we, it's not about trying to muster up something. It's just truly loving and letting his compassion flow through us. Loving people and caring for people the way that he did. Okay, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, just one verse here. It says, do not be drunk with wine which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, I've never seen a bottle jump up and, and chug down somebody's throat. <laughs> Have you ever seen that? No. no, you know, the only possible way you can get drunk with wine is that you drink too much. Okay? I see heads go down. I don't know why that, <laughs> what that means. <laughs> Somebody has been doing too much drinking. <laughs> okay, so, okay, what is Paul saying here? He says, don't be drunk with wine. Don't drink to excess. But drink to excess of the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, okay, take this in context. I can't get drunk unless I put my hands on something or unless somebody's holding me down, unless I purpose to drink too much. 
He's saying, don't do that. But I want to tell you, drink of the Spirit. So something on our end we have to do that we have to embrace the Holy Spirit. It's not about just having an intellectual understanding. I know the Holy Spirit is God and the Spirit. No. Have you received Him? Have you been filled? And again, if you're, if you're filled, how about let's be filled to overflowing? It's not about me. It's about Him. But what He wants us to do is be filled with the Spirit. Yeah, he wants us to not just have an intellectual understanding. He wants us to have the power of the Spirit in our life. Now, even though Pastor Kevin shared my passage, <laughs> Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. This is the prayer that, we, that he prayed earlier. This is a powerful prayer. Verse 14 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Again, we've talked about this so many times. If you're rooted and grounded in love, that's what's going to come out. That's what God is saying. Look, if you're, if you're, if you're, planted in him, and he is love, the, that's going to come through us. Verse 18 says, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, depth, and height to know the love of God, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. I've shared this many times, and again, just think about this for a moment, that you would know the width and the length and the depth and the height of his love. Folks, that's a cross. And what Jesus did when he went on the cross, that he, he gave his life. It's sacrifice. That's what love is. And he gave that love. And so the prayer is that not that you just have intellectual understanding of it, but that you have that, that love drops down to your heart and that you're filled with the fullness of God. Okay? Now, that, that, we've said this so many times. Pray this prayer. God wants to answer it. But let's not stop there. It's now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. What's that? That's the Spirit of God. We're not talking about, do you believe in Jesus? Yes, you need to. But when you do, the Spirit comes and lives in us. He wants us to recognize that it's the Spirit. The power is already in you. What we've got to learn to do is yield to the Spirit. Learn how to welcome the Spirit in. Learn how to receive His love. Again, freely you've received, freely you give. If you've freely received, you can then give it away. But if you've not really received the love of God, you're not going to have the compassion of God. You're not going to be able to love those people around you. Love yourself. Love others. God wants to fill us with his love. He doesn't want us just to know intellectually about it. He doesn't want us just to go to church, attend a church, go to a meeting. He wants us to be his expression of his love to the world around us. And it's not being, not saying, calling sin what sin is. I'm just saying he wants us to, to see with his eyes, have compassion upon the people around you. He's put every one of us into a family. He's put us into groups of people. 
I don't have to go find some people. I need to start loving those people and being Christ in that family and, and be life to the people around me. If your workplace, uh, where you live, wherever you go, I don't have to, I just want to be who God's called me to be. Filled with his love, having compassion for his people. That's really, 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 really wants. So it's the power that lives and works within us. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So this is what I want to do. First and foremost, if you're here and you've, you, um, I'm hoping that you know Jesus. Everything begins with him. Uh, at the relationship, not a answer to all the questions correctly. So first and foremost, it says, those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And the prayer is that we'd be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man, that we'd be rooted and grounded in Christ, that Christ would dwell in us by faith. So it's by faith that we believe that Jesus died for our sins and that we can know him. So first and foremost, if you've never received Jesus, this, there's no better time than right now. If you're online, uh, you need to know for sure. You can know for sure. You can ask him. Second thing is, you need to be baptized, filled, whatever you want to call the term. You need to fully embrace the Holy Spirit. Take off all the reservations. Take off all the restrictions. Take all the, well, I like this and like that. I don't know about this and that. Listen, it's God in the Spirit, and he wants to, he wants to consume you and completely fill you to overflowing. And if you are, then I want to pray in a moment that you're going to be refilled because we need to be filled. Again, it's back on us. He didn't say, ask God to fill you. No, he said, don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk. Be, be partaking of the Spirit to excess. That's what he wants to do. You're responsible for maintaining your level of being filled with the Spirit. And then we're going to pray that really for the love of the Father, that the Holy Spirit releases to us because he's the Spirit of adoption. And then we're going, to just, we're going to pray at the very end. I'll have everybody stand. We've already prayed that God to give us his heart of compassion for people. Thank you for listening to the Sojourn Church podcast. For more messages or content similar to this, please visit our website. If you would like to support our ministry, please visit the first link in the show description or visit sojournchurch.org give.